Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we thank you for this season. God, I pray whatever holes we have in our heart, I just pray that you're not missing. God, we praise you. We thank you for every opportunity you give us. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. How many of you have ever experienced uh, buyer's remorse in your life? You know, something uh, catches your attention. You don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, mine's different than yours. But whatever it is, it catches your eye. You look it over. Maybe read up on it. Maybe save your money. And you're thinking, this is just going to be great if I just get it. You know, if I can just have it. So you buy it. You get it home. You use it. You wear it. You drive it. Whatever. And then you have this gnawing feeling. This sense of dissatisfaction. It's down deep in your spirit. And you're thinking, what was I thinking? I mean, why did I put my money into this? This just isn't paying off the way I thought it would. Buyer's remorse. Common phenomena. You've experienced it and I've experienced it. And I kind of bring it up because it's been my observation through the years that there is another phenomena that happens every year. Every year I see people after Christmas and I bump into them maybe at the store, at Schnucks or the mall or maybe right before the service or after the service. And I'll, and I'll ask this question. How was your Christmas season? And way too often, people kind of hang their head and they talk about a Christmas remorse. And friends, this comes out in different ways, but the, the very similar sentiment. And it goes something like this. I survived it. Thank goodness it's over. You know, Damon, I, I tried hard this year. You know, I, I wanted to keep God at the center. You know, I wanted, and we say this a lot, the reason for the season, you know. I really wanted things to slow down a bit. Everything this time of the year is so rushed. You know, I wanted the family to get together and have a great time. And I had hoped that I might connect with some friends that I haven't with, been with for a while. And I thought I'd do something for someone that was needy. I mean, God's really blessed me. I really wanted this Christmas to be different. I had such good intentions coming into this season. And then they kind of pause. And I'll say, and? And then I'll hear something like this. Well, you know how it is. Here it is. It's the new year. I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally worn out. Family got together. It was not a good time. I didn't connect with friends like I thought I would. I didn't do anything for people that are less fortunate than me. And worst of all, I feel further from God having just come through Christmas than when I started around Thanksgiving. 
I'm just glad it's over. But then, with the resilience of a club, a cub fan, but next year, I'm going to be different. I'm going to get Christmas right. And friends, I, I've been reflecting on this for several weeks now. I mean, this past year has been incredible. It's been incredible. I've been watching what God's been doing in faith fellowship and through faith fellowship. And it, it's just got me realizing what God can do when a group of people covenant together and work together. And so then it started me thinking about what, what would happen if this Christmas the people of Faith Fellowship decided that this Christmas was going to be different, that we would make a covenant, a commitment together to, to move closer to God and walk closer to God to dial down consumerism in our life and make some important, radically important decisions, family decisions, friend decisions. You know, make some decisions to help people that are less fortunate than us. So that when we start the new year and we look back, that we can look back with some great satisfaction and say, you know what, this Christmas... This year is great. We got it right. We all got it right. And that very simply said is the goal of this series, the perfect gift. That, that we would experience the perfect gift. Jesus Christ is that perfect gift. And that we also not only would experience the perfect gift, but that we would give the perfect gift to our families, and to our friends, and to people that are less fortunate than us. That, you know, we would get things turned around. And here's what I believe. I believe that with some coaching, some training, some encouragement, some prayer, some study, that every one of us can do that. That we can all get this Christmas right. You know, I sat at my desk and I realized, I can stand some improvement in this area also, okay? I remember several years ago, it was kind of a turning point for me, but I had just finished speaking. Um, I was at a, a different church at the time, and we, we had just come off a, a long run. We'd had 10 services over the, the Christmas weekend. I had a Saturday night service I spoke at, three Sunday morning services, and then we had six... Uh, because Christmas Eve was on Sunday, we had six services that evening, and I spoke at most of those. And needless to say, I was exhausted. I mean, just fried, just fried. And I, and I was sitting at my desk following that, and I, and I thought, you know, I'd attended about ten parties. I'd helped plan about ten different events for the, for the church for Christmas. I'd purchased way more than ten gifts I'd put on about 10 pounds, all the Christmas junk. And I sat at my desk and I realized I hadn't even spent 10 minutes with God alone. Really taking in the perfect gift of Jesus Christ. And I I remember sitting in my office, 1 a.m. in the morning, Christmas Day, 
And I thought, this is off the charts stupid. It's crazy. And I decided to make some changes in my life, made some adjustments. And one of them was very simple, and it's something we're going to do in just a second. And that is start the Christmas season by opening the perfect gift. The perfect gift. And I just want to read for you a Christmas story. Out of Luke 2. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. They all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was a descendant of the house of the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those to whom he's found favor. When the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this king that is, this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Friends, Every time I read that simple story, it just hits me. I mean, every time I read it, I see something new. God points out something to me. And and here's challenge one, that you would read that passage. It's out of Luke 2. It's Luke 2, most of, of about 20 verses. And that you would read it every day. From now to Christmas. You know, I think that's a step toward getting Christmas right. It's a step toward opening that perfect gift every morning and reminding us what the season's all about, what God did. I mean, when God met your need and and mine, 
you know, God saw the condition of this planet. And he didn't look away. He looked at our sinfulness, our, our brokenness. And he knew that we needed a Savior and he sent his son. Perfect gift, friends. Perfect gift. You've heard it many times. You know, if our, our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, he'd have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. And so God sent us a Savior. And at Christmas, friends, I am reminded over and over again that God sent us that perfect gift to to meet the most pressing need in our life. That God had you, you in mind and me in mind when he sent the gift of Jesus Christ. And that ought to get embedded. I love uh, the uh, Staples commercials, the easy button. You know what commercials I'm talking about? I mean, they're, 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 they're hilarious, some of them. Uh, they just, uh, they, they, they're just great. My, one of my favorites is uh, the phone rings. Uh, you know, this receptionist at a law office answers the phone, and she goes, Deadly Irvin, Newberg, Gonzalez, Brown, Anderson, Taylor, and Stein, please hold. And then they cut, and they go to a a conference room. And there's a guy making a presentation to what appears to be a group of lawyers. And he goes, Deadly, Irvin, Newberg, Gonzalez, Brown, Anderson, Taylor, and Stein. Every time we print our names, we are using a ton of ink. And so to save money, we're abbreviating it. And so he unveils this plaque with the initials D-I-N-G-B-A-T-S. Everyone's shocked. He goes, nice, huh? They're horrified. But this guy's clueless. He's clueless. He doesn't know that the, for those of you that can't spell like me, dingbats, it says dingbats. And then one of the lawyers goes, or we could use the easy button. And then the announcer tells you about a sale on ink at at the store. And then the very last line at Staples, that was easy, cuts back to the receptionist. She goes, dingbats, how may I direct your call? You know, here's what I want to do today. I want to hit the easy button and help us find that perfect gift, give that perfect gift And here's what I believe. It all starts with worship. It all starts with worship. It all starts with worshiping that perfect gift of Jesus Christ. And when we start thinking about what God has done in sending Jesus Christ into this world, and when we start pondering those truths that we just read about, here's what I believe happens. You start drawing near to God. To, to sense God's presence in, in your life. It starts with worship. And then what happens is you start looking around you. And you realize that not only did Jesus Christ come for you, but he came for everyone around you. And here's what I believe happens. You start treating people with a little bit more dignity in life. And it we begin to put more emphasis on relationships than things and stuff. 
And I also think that we start looking around us and we're able to spot people that are less fortunate. And what happens is it moves you. And you say, you know what, I have so much. God has blessed me so incredibly. And because of that perfect gift, because of my eternal life, because of my relationship, that I'm part of God's family, it just overflows, friends. And what you find is you become a lot more giving. It changes the way you relate to your family and friends. And what happens is that Christmas spirit, as we call it, I tend to call it the Holy Spirit, takes root in you. And that's a perfect gift. But you have to open the gift every day, every moment. And I think part of reading that story helps us do that. I'm going to help us do that on Sunday mornings here. You know, we're going to use drama to open that perfect gift. We're going to use music. We're going to talk about it. We're going to read. And we're going to let it impact us and change us. And here's what I know is going on right now. Some of you are going, sounds great, Damon. I'm in. Finally, finally, a Christmas that I'm going to get it right. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not worried about that while you're here because I think that will happen while you're here. What I worry about is when you head to your cars and when you face the Christmas realities. You know, out there, it's a jungle this time of the year, seriously. Things ramp up. It's toward the end of the year, and so it ramps up at work. It ramps up at home. you got all this end-of-the-year stuff you got to juggle. And then, then you got parties and social demands. They increase and family obligations and expectations. And then shopping it escalates and how are you going to keep things in perspective here's what i want to do i want to give us some easy buttons to hit today some uh kind of memory aids i guess kind of tether some christmas truths and christmas stuff back to the story And so what I want to happen is when we see these things that you're going to run into through the year, that these become easy buttons. And that you just take a moment and go, oh, wait, that reminds me of the perfect gift. And the first easy button that I want to hit is when we see a nativity, we hit the easy button. I mean, you're going to see nativities in yards, in businesses, some public places if they haven't outlawed them. And you're going to see them fairly often as you're running through the week. Maybe little, maybe big, maybe on TV. But wherever it is, you hit the button and it's going to remind you. Here's what happens to me. If, I, if I'm not careful, I get in what I call operational mode in my life. And I have these deep thoughts, seriously deep. Do you know what they are? I see a nativity. And the, and the first deep thought I usually have is, who has the time to put this stuff up? And then I think, 
where do they put all this stuff during the off-season? I mean, where do they store it? Told you, it was deep, right? Yeah, I mean, or, or I just simply drive by it. And here's what I'm suggesting. When you see a nativity, you hit the button, and you go for a deeper connection than that, a, a more central reality. When you, when you see the nativity, you go, this really happened in human history. Say that with me. This really happened in human history. Because here's what I think. It is really easy to see Christmas decorations, the nativity, Santa and the sleigh, elves, snowmen, dancing penguins, whatever. And you see all this stuff and you kind of bunch it up and you go, it's Christmas folklore. It's fantasy. Friends, the nativity is real. It really happened. I was in Israel years ago and actually stood in the fields where the shepherds were, where, where the angels sang that very first Christmas carol that we sang a little bit ago. Glory to God in the highest and on peace on earth to those whom God is well pleased, so pleased in. I stood in those fields. I, I stood in the place where Jesus was born. I walked in Nazareth where Jesus probably took his first steps. And everywhere I went, whether it was on the Sea of Galilee or in the Garden of Gethsemane, everywhere I walked, I thought, this really happened. In human history, it happened. And so when you see the nativity, you just hit the button and say, this really happened in human history. And then add this. And it happened in part for me. Jesus, perfect gift, took on human form, actually walked this planet for 33 years and ultimately died for me. So, sound simple? See a nativity? Hit the easy button. This really happened in human history and it happened in part for me. Here's the second easy button I want you to hit. When you hear a Christmas song, hit the button. You know, any Christmas song, any Christmas song, religious or secular, great, odd, or just awful, it doesn't matter, I want you to hit that easy button. The other day I was in a store and there were a stack of Alvin and Alvin the Chipmunk, and there were these two kids pushing all the buttons on all of them. They had like 10 or 12 of them going. Okay, actually, it was me and my grandkids. But anyway, <laughs> this is true. We're in the store, and we're hitting all these buttons, and we got a bunch of, I mean, we got a bunch of them going. People are kind of staring at us, and, you know. And, uh, but it was singing the Christmas song. It's a fun song. Do you know the song I'm talking about? All right, if you know it, sing it with me, all right? Christmas, Christmas time is near. Time for toys and time for cheer. We've been good, but we can't wait. Last Christmas, hurry Christmas, fast, something like that. Want a plane that loops the loop? Come on. Me, I want a We can hardly stand the wait. Please, Christmas, don't be late. 
Now you know why I don't sing, right? (laughs) We had a blast. My grandkids thought it was off the charts. They're like, we got to do this again, Grandpa. But here's my point. Whether, Whether you hear white Christmas that kind of touches the heart when you're sitting in a restaurant, or you hear the Christmas song being sung by a dancing chipmunk or a goofy grandpa and his grandkids, you get a choice. You can choose to let that become background noise and not affect you. Or you can do a little linkage and hit the easy button and tie the music back to the Christmas story. And remember the very first Christmas carol that was ever sung. It was sang by angels out in a field. And trust me, they got the lyrics right. Glory to God in the highest heavens. And peace on earth to all, to those with whom God is pleased. That's a carol with substance. Because God sent us the perfect gift, friends. Glory to God. Praise God for it. God deserves our praise. And because Jesus Christ is coming again, there's going to be peace on earth. Now, that doesn't mean everything's perfect, but it means that God's going to replace anxiety with tranquility. An anxious spirit with peace. Worry about our eternity with a promise. And so when you hear the Christmas song, whatever it is, however awful or good, hit the easy button And just say, glory to God in the highest. Because of Jesus Christ, peace is possible. Here's the third easy button I want you to hit. When you receive a Christmas card, hit the easy button. Last year, I got a Christmas card, first Christmas card before Thanksgiving. Now, can I tell you what my deep thought was? You're going to go, man, you do not have a heart. (laughs) I got it, and I thought, whoever sent this is really under-challenged in life. They need more to do. They need to to volunteer at this church and do something so they can't get those cards out so early. Am I digging a hole right now? (laughs) I apologize. I'm going to have to call my mom and apologize. Um, But... Christmas cards, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I don't know if you real, realize what goes on behind the scene, but, uh, you know, first of all, I'm not talking about the Christmas card from your accountant or the doctor's office or a company you bought something from one time, you know. I, I'm talking about that list that people develop through the course of the year. And, and what happens is people kind of evaluate their relational world. And as they get closer to Christmas they begin to form a list, a list of people that they want to touch, that they want to bless, that they want to remember. And so they send a card. And here's what I'm suggesting, that whenever you receive a card, first thought, you hit that easy button and say, I'm on someone's friendship list. That's a beautiful thing. Thank God for friends. Thank God for that person. But before you put that card down, hold it for a moment and say, because I opened my heart to Jesus Christ, I'm on God's friendship list. Now, Jesus was speaking to a group of followers one day. John 15, 15, he says, I now call you my friends. 
Friends, you are on God's friendship list. Let that impact you as you ponder it. Here's the deal. Your best friend, whoever it is, is flawed. They don't have unlimited time for you. They do not have perfect listening skills. They do not have perfect counsel. They try. I try. You try. But the fact is we are flawed. But when you're on God's friendship list, God has perfect love, never-ending love. God's listening skills are perfect. He's available 24-7. His counsel is always wise and true. His power and his resources, they know no end, no limit. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but this past year, I've been juggling a lot of stuff, just stuff. You know, raising capital, trying to get us in the building, you know, uh, ministry expansion, challenges. And I'll be honest with you. There's a point where I just started feeling things I don't like to feel. You know, feeling overwhelmed. You know, that sense of, uh uh-oh, I don't know if I can keep going. You know, feel like I'm drowning inside. And anytime I feel like that, and it's happened several times through my life, I do the same thing. And, and what I'm about to explain, if you're here just kind of checking things out, you know, you haven't given your life to Christ, what I'm going to talk about right now may be a little difficult to understand, but I'm going to try and explain it and describe it the best I can for you. You know, but I, I hit that point, and... I usually use my office as a point of contact with God. And I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then I became deeply, deeply, keenly aware of my relationship with God, friendship with God. And in those moments as I kind of just pour that stuff out, it's like God says, you know, Damon, you're not alone. You don't have to handle it all. I'm with you. I'll see you through this stuff. Friends, pull alongside friends. I'll strengthen you. See you through it. And just hearing that, turning point, turning point, power. And here's what I know. Some of you are going into this Christmas season, and you're pretty sure you're not going to get this Christmas right. No, in fact, if truth known, it's a dreaded Christmas. It's a dreaded Christmas because there's an empty chair. Loved one maybe died. Maybe you can't even imagine that you're going to make it through this season. Or, or maybe, maybe this is your first Christmas single, you know, because of separation or divorce or, or death. Maybe, maybe the loss of a job this year. Maybe a bad medical report whatever it is, and here's what you need to remember. You're not going through Christmas alone. You're on God's friendship list. God, God, if he could speak to you right now, would just say, friend, I'm going to come alongside you. Friends, do that when the road gets tough. I'll be with you this Christmas, God would tell you. And it might be hard, but we'll make it. We will make it. 
So when you get that Christmas card, between now and Christmas, just say, God, thank you. I'm on someone's Christmas list. Somebody cares enough. Thank God for them. But before you put that card down, thank God for the perfect gift of Jesus Christ. And because I'm on God's friendship list, God's available to me 24-7. Another easy button, when you use your credit card or debit card. And if you don't have either of those, a check. And if you don't have that, money, okay? Some of you are going to use that credit card way too much, especially during this season. Some of you are going to melt the numbers right off the card. So when, when you're making that charge, whether it be for a meal, a gift, putting gas in the car, or whatever, every time between now and Christmas, as you're waiting for the bill to come your way, for you to sign for it or hit your debit numbers or whatever, I want you to think this. Jesus came to this earth to pay my debt, and he paid it in full. And then just thank him for that and worship him for that. Here's what I believe if all of us would do that. Thousands and thousands of thank yous would be lifted to heaven from people at Faith Fellowship. And besides, you will not waste your time at the counter. You can make use of that. And it'll be a little bit of an investment in communion with God. Just say, God, I worship you for paying the debt. Fifth easy button, last one, when you get a gift. When you receive a gift. Before you open it, take a moment When you're holding that gift, you've got it in your hands. Just take that gift and you hold it. And I want you to just say, thank you, God, for that perfect gift. There are people who love me. So when you receive it, before you open it, lift a little prayer of thanksgiving for that person that loves you. Love motivates people to give. Love motivates people to to give that particular gift to you. Thank God for them. Thank God that he made them possible in your life. And just before you open it, reflect for a moment that what you needed most was forgiveness for sins. What you needed most... God sent a little bitty package, a perfect gift, a little baby in a manger. Just thank God. Say, God, that's an unbelievable gift. Gift of salvation. Now, I got a little challenge that I'm kind of putting in here. I want to challenge you on the gift front, all right? I want to challenge us to worship more and spend less this Christmas. And not, not because of economy, but because of God's economy, eternity, okay? And instead of buying all this stuff and going crazy and going deep in debt again this year, dial it down. Dial it down and give a gift of the heart. And hit it, what I want to call faith fellowships, 
easy button. You should have received one of these cards. Did you get these when you came in? No? Okay. All right. Well, when you go out of here, there, there are going to be tables out there with some Sharpies on them. And uh, what we've done is created Gifts of Love card. Uh, and the idea was instead of buying another sweater that's two sizes too big or a CD that they don't like or a tie that's hideous or whatever, instead of trying to fill the, the what I call the gift quotient in the world, give a gift from the heart. You know, we put on the back your time, your attention, your care, your love. And this allows you to be creative. Basically, you get to decide what you want to put here. And I'm going to give you a couple ideas. You know, maybe you have a friend or a neighbor across the street or down the road that you're like, you know what, I am really good at baking pies. So I'm going to fill this out and I'm going to give it to him and tell him, Three pies, their choice, anytime during this coming year. And take it down and give it to them. You know, maybe, maybe there's a couple in your life somewhere that they have kids and their parents are out of state or maybe they're strained somehow. Offer to care for their kids so that they could have a date night and say, this is good for one free babysitting. You know, maybe you've got an elderly person that lives next door and they can't scoop their snow and you say, you know what? If it snows once or a hundred times this year, I will scoop your snow. Gifts of love. Gifts of love. And just give it to them. And this is for moving outside of our homes, okay? Let me also suggest that within your homes, instead of inundating your children with a lot more gifts, you know, get creative. You know, maybe, maybe create a, a coupon for each uh, month that they can cash one in a month. And they'd have things on them like uh, a night at the movies with mom or dad or family night out or, you know, a game day. And all we're going to do this day is play games with the kids or a camping weekend. Whatever. Here, here's what I know. First of all, it'll help you because you don't have to spend all the money up front. Secondly... If you talk to your kids, your kids will say, you know what, I wish my parents would spend more time with me. And get this, most of the things that we buy for our children, they forget about in a couple months, if not a few weeks, seriously. So there's a card table out there. There are Sharpies. Use your imagination. Take cards home with you. Whatever. We're going we're gonna to put up a, a website. It will be up sometime this week if you go to our website. And if you've come up with a creative idea, you can go on and log it on. You don't have to put your name. If you want to, you can. But just put what you did. It may help someone else. They go, hey, that's something I could do. All right? And we're going to kind of track those. We may do something with them later through, through this series. Uh, and then let me challenge you. The money you save, help someone out that needs it. You know, something you could do if you really want to take this to the next level, get an envelope and over the next three weeks put $20 a week in it or $30 or $50, whatever you can afford, 
put it in an envelope, and at the end of this, at least put 50 bucks in the thing, and then just say, God, show me someone, someone that's out there, someone around me, that you would have me give this money to, someone that needs it, somebody that's struggling, or whatever, and just pray that God, don't, don't walk out of here and go, oh, I know who that is. Just pray to God and say, God, who is it? And then as you get close to Christmas, just give it to him. Say, you know what? God led me to give this to you, and I want you to have it. Here's what Christmas should be about. Getting back to the perfect gift. It's an investment in people. Because people is what really, really matters. And here's what I believe. I really believe this, that if we hit the easy buttons that we've talked about, when I run into you first of the year, I go, hey, how was your Christmas season? I'm going to hear a lot more. I got this one right. How about it, Faith Fellowship? Let's get this Christmas right. Let's get this one right. Hmm? Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. We thank you. God, I pray that all the hustle, bustle, running, all the craziness, God, you would keep, keep us tethered to that incredible, incredible story that really happened. God, I thank you for that incredible love. I pray that it would mark us, that it would mess us up inside, that we would get this Christmas right. We thank you for that perfect gift. We give you the praise and the glory with all we say and all we do. All God's people said,